everyone. Welcome to Odyssey House Journals, one of the most listened to and watched podcasts dealing with addiction and recovery. I'm Randall Carlisle. My co-host is Rachel Santizo. Nice to have you back. Thank we you, missed Randall. you last week. And we have a very special guest as we celebrate and we're going to wrap up our celebration. We've had four podcasts talking about Odyssey House's 50th birthday. We should have had a birthday cake out here, don't Ooh, you think? Absolutely. Matt, he, he's one know. of the guys. Matt and Kenny are behind the cameras. Why Why didn't you bring a birthday cake? That's a great question. They're just shaking their heads like, you didn't You didn't ask for it, maybe. <laughs> yeah. It's true. So our special guest today, we thought it would be fitting to wrap. We talked to people who were there when Odyssey House started. Uh, people who last last podcast we had uh, Glenn Lambert who was around for over 30 years to see Odyssey House grow from the 70s, 80s, and 90s, and now we have Adam Cohen, our C- our current CEO. How long have you been CEO? 12 years. 12 years. Fantastic. And and I was thinking as we came into this podcast, and I guess it really makes me old. But you realize that you guys, neither of you, were born when Odyssey House started? Yes. Oh, <laughs> yeah. wow. Yeah. I do it, now. <laughs> think about that. Quite, uh, quite a while. Yeah, it is. Yeah. 50 yeah. years is yeah. a long yeah. time for a behavioral health treatment center. I was 11 years old. I started drinking when I was 13, so maybe I, if Odyssey would have, if I'd have been around in Odyssey's program, maybe that would have helped me way back when. I yeah, in adolescence. Yeah, maybe I wouldn't then. have become a functional alcoholic for decades. And speaking of starting young, Adam, you're you're literally mm-hmm. a child of Odyssey House, if you think about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah. maybe tell us the story about how you got hooked up to Odyssey and and then progressed through the ranks and became CEO. Sure. So I, uh, as a teenager, really struggled with uh, substance use and. Um, and got involved with the with the wrong crowd, and got involved with uh, with the juvenile justice system. So I was uh, really not a very good uh, substance user. Uh, as one friend of mine, uh, an older friend of mine, told me when I was fifteen, it's like some people can use drugs and they're going to be fine, but you and me, we can't do it. We should. <laughs> we should and you need to know that you can't do it. And she was wise in that. I didn't listen to her at the time. So anyway, I came to Odyssey in, uh, as a 17-year-old and uh, went through the adolescent program in uh, in 1999 and graduated. Uh, just it's my 22nd graduation anniversary a couple weeks ago, actually. So, wow. I am, congratulations! Yeah, so that's pretty cool. I was it's I was talking to uh, some staff who were there. When I was in the program, um, do they remember you? Oh yeah, yeah. I was talking to one of the teachers, um, and she's moved across the country. And anyway, so we hear having conversations like, "Can you believe it's been twenty two years?" Like, and we're just both like, "Oh." <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I so I I graduated the program and I finished high school and I really never looked back. And um, it's. You know, to say that Odyssey saved my life is an understatement. Uh, Odyssey House made my life, made me who I am, and and I'm proud of that. And um, uh, and then and then it's become my life's passion to work f- to help people give, uh, help people get the gift that I was given. So I've worked at Odyssey for the last twenty 
one years doing just that. And I worked in the adolescent program as a peer support and then did admissions for a long time and then did data and IT work and then became the uh, uh, chief operating officer. And then finally, 12 years ago, the board uh, decided to appoint me as the CEO. And they took a risk on me and and I'm glad to be here and 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 yeah. Well, and, and I wonder what back when you came here for the adolescent program, I bet you had no thoughts in your head that you know someday I'm going to be CEO of Odyssey House. If you had asked me <laughs> before I came in the program, because I came into the program kicking and screaming, um, as many people do. I wasn't ready to change, um, and uh, so if you had asked me if I was going to be the CEO of Odyssey House uh, before then, I would have laughed and said, you're crazy. Yeah. Um, Maybe in stronger <laughs> words. Absolutely stronger <laughs> words, like, but definitely hysterically laughing. Um, so, yeah. yeah. What changed for you? Um, yeah, you must have been a tough kid when you got <laughs> right. here. You know. Um. You know, I, I think working through some of the um, some of the issues why I was drawn to use was one of the things that uh, you know self discovery about what that was. But I think one of the bigger things, and that's part of Odyssey House, is that you are immersed in a culture that is pro social, and I liked the people that were above me or that were my peers, and I looked up to them, and so I bought into that this is a better lifestyle, I'm having fun, I like these people, these relationships are meaningful, and so I attached to that group, and and really, when I say I never looked back, I never did, I never called any of my old friends, I, I just moved forward, I went to a different high school after, after Odyssey, and that was it. And, and the whole time you were working at Odyssey and climbing through the ranks, you you got your degrees and, and an MBA, and... and I, it must have been pretty stressful doing school and and jobs. Uh, yeah, sure. I, I I guess that's. I mean, being busy was important certainly early on, right. um, but I had goals. I, I like I wanted to get my degree and and I needed to work during uh, <laughs> while I was in school and 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 to pay for school and and all of that. So um, it really was a good thing and, and it really recharged me so I could do my homework at night but I could be working with the kids during the day and um, and really feel good about what I was doing yeah what uh, what there's been a lot of changes in terms of uh, not just Odyssey but the way the whole treatment industry looks at people dealing with addictions, what, what, what are the significant changes you've seen over the years from when you were 17 till now? I mean, there's been a lot of them. Yeah, well, I think, yeah, I, I think one of the biggest, one of the biggest changes in the, in the field has been this kind of, uh, and really uh, globally, that it's moved from a, from a moral failing um, disease to like it's actually a healthcare disease that is acknowledged by by medicine that this is not just you're making bad choices um, and so that was a big change um, at, with regard to stigma and how we approached treatment and Odyssey was is uh, unique in that it 
We looked at um, why people use uh, and that there's mental health conditions and, and family discord and, and other things that contribute to somebody's use. Trauma. Yeah, trauma. And, um, and really addressing that rather than it being a moral failing because if we can address why you're drawn, then you will make different choices if you can uh, realize how to cope with it. Um, I think the other the, one of the biggest things is the embrace um, of uh, medication assisted therapy that is that was uh, a fringe uh, really a fringe uh, treatment modality 20 something years ago and there was really an encampment on you're either abstinent based or you're medication based and that was wrong. <laughs> the field was wrong. And, and we um, were abstinent-based yeah. for a, a long, long time. Yep, we were. And um, and when we embraced medications to to um, to treat these individuals, um, we saw them get better, and they stayed in treatment, and they did. They got better quicker, and um, and you had less dropout rate because. People weren't having cravings, and they were they were able to to get the medicine that they needed, so that they could engage in treatment and then make the actual change that they needed to do. and And it works; it really does work. And I think we can all acknowledge that at this point. But that was a major uh, sea change for for treatment in general, and and really was uh, you know a push nationally to to accept it. And, and I'm glad we did. Yeah. I'd like to know, what do you do for your own recovery? So it's it's like that saying, keep coming back. And it's like, once you went in, you never stop. You <laughs> continually come back. What do you do for your own recovery? You're very involved in Odyssey House, and you have over 20 years. What is, what is it that you do for yourself, your, your self-care and your recovery? Mm-hmm. What, is, what are some key components to that that you would share with the world or um, teenager going into adolescent or someone newly um, at any age? Well, I, I think the first thing, for somebody who's kind of contemplating or early in recovery, it gets easier um, over time. and um, We can each, all vouch for that. <laughs> right, each, right. each day is easier than, than, than the last one, and... Um, the more practice you have doing, um, doing, uh, practicing your recovery, doing the right thing, it's easier to do. It's it becomes second nature, and um, so I think from from a personal perspective, you know, there exercise is important. Um, sometimes I'm better at that than others. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'm trying, right. <laughs> um, but that is a, that's a really great way to get some endorphins and to feel good about yourself and. Um, blow off some steam. I personally like to cook, so that's like something that I, you know, it's uh, something oh. fun for me to do. It's something that I can feel good about providing, you know, a meal for my family and, and friends and all that. And so that's that's fun. And then, you know, I, I like to travel and I like to, um, you know, be outside and, and do... Uh, like snowboarding and skiing and stuff like that. So that's oh. important. He, he told me, that uh, I can't remember 
how long ago about his cooking, and I thought, and it just sort of surprised me that it, I just didn't think of you as a going home and cooking dinner kind of thing. But, uh, and I mean, it relaxes you or what? Or you're focusing on the meal or? I hate cooking myself, <laughs> I, but I, you know, I, I, I buy a lot of ready-made things. Of course, I live by myself and I don't have a family, so. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> well, I think for me, there, there's a couple of things. So one, it is something that I can focus on that gets my brain off of maybe the stresses of work of the day. So I can just really have kind of this demarcation of, okay, well, I'm going to focus on this. I can I can be engaged in this. And then, and then for, like... Um, trying out new things and try and being kind of experimental and 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 uh that that's fun and exciting and it's and it's just distract it really is a distraction sure um, which is you know we all need that yeah but it's just fun and it you know it's like maybe an hour or two of my you know night that i can just do that and and engage with my children and you know maybe teach them a little something so yeah and I heard from his wife that he's a pretty good cook. So, wow. Yeah, I mean, so if we're alive. <laughs> if you're out there watching and you want to hire Adam to come and cook dinner for you, are you available? Oh, naturally. Well, yeah, sure. No, Clearly, I think the the yeah the thing the thing about it is if I screw it up, we can always order a pizza. So, <laughs> like, that's always what I think of when I'm doing. It. It's like, oh, what's the worst that can happen? It can we can burn it and do something else. We clearly should have fired Matt and Kenny and hired you for the birthday cake. <laughs> That's yeah, right, right. Yeah. 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 Constantly growing. That's that whole thing, progress, not perfection. Mm -hmm. So we learned our lesson. <laughs> you, you and Rachel, uh, you especially, are in a management position over a huge treatment program. And, and I've seen all the ups and downs over the last four years. And you go through a lot of stress, okay? What, why do you continue your job and seem to enjoy it when you have all this stress that goes on with running a program like Odyssey? Well, I mean, I, the for me, it's about giving people the opportunity to make change. And, and so while there is a lot of stress, there's also a lot of um, good feelings when people make the change and they're, and they're doing well and that you know, in some way I've contributed to that family's healing or that person becoming who they want to be and that person being healthy. And that, that is really, that's important to me and it's worth the stress. I've, I've seen you at graduations. Hopefully we'll have one in person one of these days if COVID <laughs> yeah, that'd goes be nice. away. Yeah. Yeah. And, and really, I, I see you in terms of pride and, and just feeling good when you give your graduation speech as, as sort of a highlight of, of, of the year, or where, however long the, the graduation class went through, how, how do you feel when you're up there and you look out and, you, and you're talking to people who have actually gotten through our program? Well, a, a, f a few emotions. So I will, I will go up there and I will be uh, petrified because I don't like public speaking. <laughs> so the, that's the first feeling that I have. It's like, oh boy, there's a lot of people here. <laughs> so I'm nervous and I'm anxious and all that. But I think um, for me, it's uh, I'm proud. I'm proud of I'm proud of the people. I'm proud of I'm proud of the change that they've made, and I'm proud of our staff on how engaged they are and how passionate they are to help people make change. And um, 
so it's very much a, a, a proud moment for me and, and excited for the new the new individuals and what they're doing um, and seeing where they're going to go. And, and some of us, some of them will stay connected to us and some won't. And, and but, you know, they always have this kind of shared history with us. And mm-hmm. so I get to see them in the community sometimes. And it's cool. So, yeah. One of the, one of the things I, I really respect about you is you're always looking for ways for us to grow our program or to try something new. Um, and, 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 and there really has been massive growth over the last few years. Uh, why is that important to you to just, you know, you could just stick with, I mean, some of the for-profit treatment facilities have 16 beds and they make a lot of money and they say, hey, we're happy with what we're doing, but you're not that kind of person. Well, so I think everybody deserves a chance to to make um, make their lives better. And I, for many years, I, I you know what, even when I was doing admissions almost twenty years ago, I was very troubled by our waiting lists. And you know, from for so many years, you know, we had eight, nine, ten a year long waiting list and they, that's terrible that we're failing people as a society and and so you know when um when we talk to uh policymakers uh at the, at the legislature and at the local level and even at the national level we'd always say if you fund treatment we will expand it and i meant that and we were pounding we were pounding that into into policymakers for years and years and years and finally it happened and so I felt like for my own integrity like we've got to do what yeah. we said we were going to do like I, I if, promise you, yeah. if you fund if you fund people if you give people access to treatment mm. we will create that we will create the programs so that they can engage and um you know prior to COVID it was one of the proudest moments I had is that we were we and the county in general, the treatment was on demand. If you wanted to yeah. get in, you could call. You could call yeah. today, and you could get in today. And I never thought I'd see that in my career. And that was one of the proudest moments I personally had. And I know my colleagues in in uh, the other programs also feel that same way. And and uh, you know that I mean, <laughs> it's not just it's not just making good on a promise, but it's but the under, underlying thing of it is. That people need help, and that's our job as a community nonprofit mm-hmm. behavioral health system. Like, it's our job to meet the community's demand. And yeah, so. What at being a CEO? What is the what is the greatest part of that? I know there's probably not one thing, but and the most challenging part. Mm-hmm. The greatest part is. Um, de- developing great staff is one of the one of the things, and the second is being able to work with a great team to try new things and open new programs and and create something that's cool and make change and and continue to um, push us to be better, and that's really like that's the coolest part like I get to have a significant role in how we how we do things and how we change and how we make things better for the community at large 
as far as um, the least favorite part of it, I, I it's I guess it would be um, I'm very much invested in Odyssey and um, I'm very much it's part of me it's mm. I, I feel like it's an extension of me personally I know many of us feel that way that we have this yeah. kind of like love <laughs> as though it's our own child or it's right. a family oh, yeah. member and, and so you know that creates stress and, and there's a lot of sleepless nights about yeah. worrying about what threat or what something's going to be thrown at us um, yeah. you know like COVID like who would have thought that this <laughs> garbage would have happened yeah. and it's been you know it's it's been a, a very significant challenge and um, and we're not alone in it but it is it's it's a constant stress and um, and because I feel so responsible for you know our continued success that is stress right. so and I think the key word for for both of what you said was the word family, and that's what it truly feels like. I remember going through the house in 2012, and and you being the CEO, and then um, graduating, and then we became peers, mm-hmm. and now we've been a family. And so sitting next to you, and it's like, oh, we're we're peers, and we're also. Um, it's just so interesting in hearing you. I'm like, oh yeah, and I get to ask you for support and advice, and um, and the greatest part is like the no judgment part of it, just being family. Mm-hmm. And so that's that's the word that I hear the strongest throughout all of this. And and I like how vulnerable you are. It's like you're the CEO, but you're so vulnerable and like giddy right now. And this <laughs> is the part that I love the most is that we get to just be vulnerable and be human beings mm-hmm. throughout this whole podcast and I think that's the incredible part well for for people who don't know uh, we have a process uh, in our program that we call encounters mm-hmm. uh, and it's sort of holding people accountable within the program when they're going through treatment but mm-hmm. what you probably don't know is that it goes all the way to the top mm-hmm. and so if, if, if I didn't like something you did and I felt it was mm-hmm. significant, I could encounter you uh, mm-hmm. and without worrying that I'm going to be fired or have my pay cut or anything like that. I mean, okay. how do you feel when you're encountered? I mean. Well, the, uh, <clears throat> the first thing is that I'm really happy that somebody, uh, that people feel comfortable to use that process and that they feel comfortable enough to express their feelings to me, and that can be intimidating. I mean, it, sure, um, sure, and and so, so I'm really happy when people do it. Um, and then the second part is I'm really I want to know how I affected somebody, and if I need to make some changes, I can I can do that, and I can model that behavior for others and say, you know, I I I'm really sorry, I you know, hurt your feelings uh, because I didn't like your shirt. Um, and you and, did the other day, and it really <laughs> I went home and cried for the whole evening. <laughs> and so I can commit to not talking about your shirt <laughs> in, anymore. That's Even why I'm wearing this. Like why can't you say about an Odyssey it shirt? Lovely. Thank you. Thank you, sir. <laughs> we got about six minutes left, and one thing I want to look at is the future. And this is really difficult mm-hmm. 
to predict, but you're more of an expert than Rachel or me. Right. Where, where do, like 5, 10, 15 years, where do you see Odyssey and where do you see the field of treatment of substance use? I mean, like, are we going to come up with some shot for the brain that just instantly takes a substance use disorder away? Or where do you see things going? Boy, that wouldn't that be great? Yeah. <laughs> we think, wouldn't be in business anyway. <laughs> I think, well, I think that that's like, so for, for many of us in the field, like, we'd be pretty excited if we solved the problem and went out of business. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah. if that is the case and there's a shot, awesome. <laughs> we'll get jobs somewhere else. <laughs> Do you think it'll ever happen? Uh, well, maybe, but I think... I think that's maybe an awfully simplistic view of, of the disease. And so mm -hmm. there's reasons why people use, maybe there's mm -hmm. some medicine that might be preventative, but I still think that, you know, people have mental health conditions that need mm -hmm. to be addressed and sometimes they are left unaddressed. And that's the reason why people, one of the reasons why people use is to cope with that, the, right. the, um, to cope with that issue. And sure. And a um, shot wouldn't take that away. I mean, if you had trauma as a kid, a shot's not going to take away the no, trauma. No, no, no. But but maybe I I would assume in the next five ten years there will be advancements in medicine that will be helpful for for treatment. Um, you know, most of the medicine that's used now for for substances is uh, focused on opiate use and, and alcohol use, but there really isn't anything for any of the other um, mm -hmm. substances, and there really needs to be, particularly right. as we kind of go through the next life cycle of the drug of choice for, for the community. Um, meth is becoming mm -hmm. much more um, prevalent, and there isn't a medicine that works right. like uh, Suboxone or Vivitrol for, for, right. me for meth. So <clears throat> I, I look forward to those advancements. I think that there's going to be better advancements as far as behavioral health treatment like talk therapy, that we will have some, some new treatment modalities that we're able to do and maybe they're more effective or maybe they're able to do it quicker. Um, uh, but I think the field constantly is evolving and we always need to be attuned to the newest things that are coming out and evaluating what we should implement and, and if we should implement certain things and really leading out with, with things that are that are good. Um, but materially, like, do I think, will we have, like, flying cars in 10 years? I have no clue <laughs> what we're going to be doing. Right. That would be awesome, though. Yes, <laughs> so. yeah, it would. So uh, I think probably the most significant thing I heard you say that you've seen over the years is treating... Uh, substance use as a disease and not a moral failing, you know. And I, I think Nancy Reagan uh, was probably, she took the worst approach that anybody in the treatment industry could 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 use and just say no. I mean, yeah. and it just doesn't work. Yeah, uh -huh. you know? yeah. yeah. It, it's much more complicated than, I mean, it, even like the shot or, the, or just say no. I mean, this, this is complicated. The brain is a complicated uh organ and, and we, you know, we still have lots of things we don't even understand about the brain. And so, you know, uh, just being, needing to just continue. don't do it. Yeah. yeah. Just, yeah. Randall, don't, <laughs> don't, don't do it. Okay. Well, and being open-minded, right. And evolving as yeah. a team with several mm -hmm. opinions on how to move forward, right. As things come up. And I think that's the important part as well. Mm -hmm. and the other concept that, that we haven't mentioned is the fact that 
that in, in those days, incarceration was the solution mm-hmm. to addiction. The criminality. And, and, and mm-hmm. now, you, I know you served on a lot of commissions and everything that mm-hmm. said, this, this isn't the answer. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, I think we're moving in, in, the, in the right direction that <clears throat> rather than dealing with it as a criminal justice problem, which it still is, and we're still dealing with it that way, but we're moving it toward health care. And that's really where we should be, right. that this is a health care issue and it needs to be addressed as, as, as such. And so as, we've, as um, Utah has done justice reinvestment, you've seen this kind of acknowledgement, yes, we, locking people up because of their health care issue is not going to fix their problem. Right. And so we need to engage them in treatment services and we need to, to do that in a meaningful way that is science-based and... and um, and help them make make their lives better, so that they're not continuing to use and go back into the jail and so forth. So, so I, I think I, if I can just add one other thing about going back to your last question, I think that as far as the field goes, and certainly us, I think there's going to be more blend of substance use and mental health treatment. Mm-hmm. And we're already we've we've done that, and we're doing more blending and offering more services. But I think there's going to be um, you know, for many years it was either substance use or mental health, right. and none of the two shall shall meet. But that's again too simplistic of what people who's showing up to the door and who needs help. And so there's going to be more blending of mm-hmm. primary mental health treatment versus primary substance use treatment, and and both being equal. So I think that's that's going to be exciting for the field to continue to professionalize the mental health side of, of things and there's a lot of need oh yeah Absolutely. any final thought um final thought that this has been exciting and magical and so i'm excited to be here and to hear how you do it because i i am doing what you have done and so i'm excited to sit next to you as the example um you've been a huge part in my recovery and so it's just been an honor to be here happy 50 years and <laughs> I'm sad about the cake, but I feel like you can still make it up to us. So I look forward <laughs> to it. Dinner. I, mean, I, I know. Really, I'm looking really forward to it because amends is a big part of it, right? <laughs> like admitting when you're wrong is a huge part we didn't touch on. Uh-huh. And so I feel like you can still do that for us. I look forward to it. <laughs> you didn't ask for a raise here. Oh, that should be in the cake, right? Because there's still surprises. Oh, no, I figured surprises that's automatic. <laughs> there's, a, there's a present in the cake. Yeah, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Yeah. No, that sounds right. Thank um, you. Thank you for all you've done for Odyssey and all you've yeah. done for the community. It's just, uh, I'm sure there are people out there who hate our guts <laughs> because they left right. the program and they're still having substance mm-hmm. use issues. But there's a whole huge group of people out there. We, we figured... I, and it's impossible to come up with a real number, but we figured we've in the 50 years, uh, we've at least had 150,000 clients. It's pretty impressive. I, I mean, <laughs> and, and, and over the years that you've been here, we're up to what? How? Uh, what is it? About 10,000. 10, a year. A year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, if you think about that, 10,000 human beings whose whose lives have been greatly improved because of Odyssey. And because partially because of you at the helm. So thank you very much. I had a small part, you, but I have great people. We all have a small part in it, right? Uh-huh. Thank you, Adam. Yeah, thank Appreciate you. Pleasure to be here. Thank you, guys. This was very fun. Thank you for watching another edition of Odyssey House Journals.